0: What is up? Welcome back to an episode of Brotaku, an oh, anime it, podcast <laughs> for <laughs> casual watchers, weebs, and everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm your host Ronnie. I'm here with my ho- my co-host Joe. And hey guys. We're up? here to just talk anime with you all. I mean, it's been yeah. a while. It's been probably 8 months since we've been on and we just wanted to say we're sorry. We've been busy. I've got another podcast, the side piece uh, going on. And we just haven't really had time to, to, to record. Right, Joe?
1: All right yeah, we both been busy. You've got uh, this new podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. Well, I don't know if the listeners have heard of it. It's called the Basically Good Podcast.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I
1: and I've also been doing some other stuff as well. A uh, little thing called Project J in my spare time. So uh, <laughs> we both been pretty busy, but you know we're here. And this is actually a special episode, Ronnie. This is a crossover episode with your podcast, The Basically Good Podcast. Yeah, and Brotaku. Yeah, yeah.
0: And Brotaku. Sadly, we could not get the Project J guys here. We only have one. It could could have been a triple crossover, but anyway, mm. uh, I'm going to introduce you guys to the basically good guys, um, very good friends of mine and Joe's, mm-hmm. and they were super gracious to come on our show and just, you know, spit a little gab about anime. So we've got Chance, uh, Jackson, Silas, and Zach, if you guys could say, hey, what's up? Boy number four. <laughs> Boy number two.
3: Hey, Ronnie, you've, you've got a villain point for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care, Chance. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Super jazzed
4: to be here.
0: Hey, thanks, Zach. Hey, Zach, thanks. thanks. thanks for playing along. <laughs> Zach's yeah. a good sport. Mm-hmm. Zach's good at sports. No. But, um, <laughs> no. Maybe that was too far. Man. But um, anyway, as you guys know, this is not Brotaku. You did not queue up the wrong podcast. We have a Patreon hero on today. You heard him talk already. His name is Joe. In the Discord, he goes by J. Barry. And um, what's up, Joe?
1: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Glad, yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: Chance
4: is pissed. I w- I think Chanc- no. Chance is upset
2: we ruined no. this free We're Chances Chance is pissed. Chance face And it's going into the future. Like Look how the red discord. with anger he is. I'm literally yeah. Yeah. he laughing. is fuming. That, Ooh, that, fuming. Vein on,
5: that vein on his forehead is now <laughs> just bubbling. <laughs> Is, is that a snap not- bubble chance? Whoa, that's really angry. Whoa, crazy. This is it right here. <laughs> Look, I didn't
1: I didn't try to commandeer this, but I guess in a way I kinda have at a certain point,
4: but you know. I think we all need I'm getting, deep I'm down getting the most from my money. To happen. Exactly. <laughs> There's it is a screen cap of our boy Chance and how he feels about this. In the
0: 40s. <laughs> yes, posted in fan. three pods when this drop. If he doesn't cut all of this, if he doesn't, uh, <laughs> if he's not petty in post, we'll see. We'll see if he lets the people petty in post. Petty in post.
4: <laughs> okay, okay,
0: okay, all right. Okay, okay, right, right. Right. what?
4: I was I was told today that uh, you know we we're getting into this era where we had a lot of new. Um, Distinguished Hero tier members join kind of all in one month and we're just now starting to kind of catch up with these Patreon featured pre-pods and uh, Jay Barry reached out I reached out a little bit earlier today and was like hey are you free tonight and he's like absolutely and I was like okay well like feel free to you know, come by with a topic. He's like, I've had a topic for months. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> so waiting so waiting. Yeah. Being prepared. Yeah, of course, always. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Zach, don't we have some, uh, we have some questions to ask Joe before we get into his Patreon. Uh, Absolutely. Creepod topic that we've been asking all the $25 tiers. Typically it kind of comes out at the end there, but I think it would be fitting for us to just go ahead and ask him since he's got a topic queued up. Well, maybe, so, so maybe first. Um, Joe Tell the people about
2: yourself. We know you very well, and so Uh, it could be easily overlooked But for those who don't know you Spit a little rhyme Uh, Hey, Um, spit us some
3: freestyle. Read your Tinder Tinder description. description.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: I don't have Tinder. I have a girlfriend. Um, Get
4: destroyed. (laughs) Dance. <laughs> yeah,
1: geez. come on! It doesn't even know. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even gotten five minutes Guys. in, and you're
3: already telling everyone you've got a girlfriend. So. <laughs> oh, you, you she bought doesn't bought go to this school. Destroy, dude. She goes uh, to a different school.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. So I've never seen her. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm pretty sure most, if not all of you, have met her before. I mean, have you <laughs> ever
5: seen Joe and Joe's girlfriend in the same room? <laughs>
1: No, I've They're seen the same them. Person.
3: I've seen them both on Club Penguin, but
5: Joe, who is your girlfriend?
1: Uh, uh Kelsey mm-hmm. Martin?
5: Okay, I thought so. Oh Doc. So. Freaking Doc. <laughs> like, that, that was
1: right. a trick. Right. Cut.
3: That was a trick. Cut this.
4: <laughs> but I thought so. Very cool. Yeah. She's cool. I like her. Never met her, never seen her in the same room as
0: you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 all right well she goes to white county christian guys
1: <laughs> getting back to jackson's question yeah. uh, yes please. uh i uh i'm joe i live in memphis currently with my roommate uh wes who's w means 10 i'm sure some of y'all have seen him in the discord and on Twitch oh, yeah. and everything,
0: I think he's uh, actually Weston XD in this Discord. <laughs> oh, is Westin he Weston XD, XD in this Discord? Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, I, I call him bitch. So, you know. Damn. <laughs> uh, oh <laughs> shit. Uh, I met I met all the boys in college. Um, we I was part of the same social club as all the boys. Uh, Chance and Ronnie were actually my like uh, bigs, I guess, for layman's terms. <laughs> Lord Knights for people who went to Harding. Uh, Zach was my pledge master so he yelled at me for like a week straight and I was afraid of him for like a year after that um, <laughs> and then Jackson was there, and good friends with Jackson then I met Silas through all these other guys and everything we've all become friends and such so uh, that's a little bit about me uh, I do this thing called Project J it's like a streaming uh, uh, tournament organization, esports little community we've created over the past year around the same time that you guys started basically yeah. good. Uh, we both kind of Took our creative freedom and passion projects and ran with them for the past year, or so it's been fun. We host uh, different video game tournaments, usually every couple to a few months and whatnot. We stream weekly and everything, and make other content along with that. So you
4: guys, you guys just had a slam dunk, uh, fundraiser
3: charity stream.
1: Yeah. We did very, just have a slam dope, dump, very dope, dope charity recently, stream. Yes, right? my uh, my project J co-founder uh, Jake. Um, did a pride month stream a uh, couple weekends ago now uh, as a point of recording and they raised over $4,000 for the Trevor yeah, project that is just so, crazy
4: it's awesome it, it really Freaking is. Yeah. good job
1: wow. mm-hmm. very yeah that was our third charity stream we've raised money for feeding America we did a 24-hour stream that sucked we <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> will never do doing doing that like again. again no if I give you guys any warning about streaming, it's don't do 24 hours. It's <laughs> Well, what about 72 awful.
0: hours for the tabletop RPG world record? I want to do it. I <laughs> yeah. truly, truly want to go for
1: it. Holy uh, cow. We could do it. Jesus, that would
5: just one know. weekend. You'd have to, you'd have chance. to just like
1: channel your characters yeah. and like sleep like your characters would. You know, you take that actual eight hour rest every. night. Not well, somebody prison somebody has only, to be
3: awake. Frisca only sleeps for two oh, hours. Every night. So I'd be screwed, Ooh. and
5: everyone else would be fine. Good
4: thing you like coffee,
5: dude, yeah. and hallucinating, because <laughs> that will happen. You know, like yeah. we're just so, playing theater of the
2: mind kind of. <laughs> right. All That's right. Right. I think there are well, two very cool two main questions that we asked. Right? Yeah. First is favorite NPC. And then the second is a party name that we have yet to find.
1: Um, <laughs> I actually like two months ago I spent like a day like trying to come up with a party name for you guys. Amazing. What was the result? I I forgot. Um, I couldn't come up with I couldn't come up with a good one. And the lead I had, <laughs> the lead I had was like kind of leaning towards like something good and cool. But then I could not like think of anything clever off of it, and I got distracted and forgot about it. So um, it's kind of like us. It's fine. It's the thought that yeah. we get close yeah. and then we forget it, I remember it was something with like it was right after like the God Slayer episode had come out. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I was like. This would be cool if, like, you could do, like, a playoff and, like, call the party, like, the God Slayers, but, like, not, like, directly. Mm-hmm. So, I was looking into, like, Egyptian mythology and stuff and seeing if there was, like, any cool, like, I don't know, heroes right. or people from mythology. And I was, like, if there was any play on words they you could come up with something cool. But end of the day, I forgot it. <laughs> Didn't follow up. We just wrapped Dang, it. right. Yeah. Um, favorite NPC... It was Renale and I've expressed my disdain for how you guys ended that relationship with her. Lipsy. <laughs> <Yikes>. um, <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. So, probably that. She was so caring and tried her She really tried her best in every aspect. <laughs> and yeah, she was kind of a sandbag in most fights and kind of just like I don't know, a hazard at times. <laughs> but she was so caring and so nice and accompanied you guys all the way through the Mwangi. Like every single point she was there with you guys through that journey and then no one did anything to help her and the elephant people <laughs> and you guys kind of screwed her
4: it was I will say I think I think it was bad dice rolls and a lot of her moves chance correct me if I'm wrong were like save or suck and a lot of times she just didn't end up doing anything for like two turns because her spells just didn't work and yeah. then we the fight was over Right, yeah. so like, I don't think it was her fault. I think she was a very cool character. I don't think it was her fault that she was quote like useless at times. Yeah. So it was just like <laughs> crappy rolls. or like really
3: good saves, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She I was she was moment, like, like under
5: leveled compared to oh. us too, wasn't she?
3: Yeah, yeah. She was she was like a leveler sheet behind you guys.
4: She was just a pack mule. We were just giving her all she the did, magic soak items a lot she did soak a lot of
0: damage. She though. did soak a lot of damage though, and we had. I mean so many discussions in the discord, especially about like Renali's departure and the elephant people and like where we could have gone wrong and like what opportunities we would have had to help the elephant people. And I do agree, like our characters kind of sucked in the, yeah. the Mawengi for not helping her. But I do think we kind of tunnel visioned, which is partially my fault, Clary's fault <laughs> um, with the urgency of it all, like it was very urgent but I don't think we really understood how urgent like a day um, you know, wouldn't break the system given we were in the Moengi for like a month. <laughs> so like right. we could have spared a couple extra days to go help the elephant people. But I think that the time the timing where we could have like actually saved all of them kind of came and went when we were still acting on that we've got to do things quick mentality mm-hmm. and then by the time we got around to like being a part of the like oh we can take a week to prepare and then attack it was a little bit too late so kind of just like bad dice rolls for renale in combat and bad like mental space for us and like remembering that npcs also have goals yeah so well, <laughs> I just... and,
3: and my thing is that it's like yes Like choosing to go help the elephant people before going to the, to the, like, the citadel or I can't remember what it's called, but the, the red clay keep, you know, Belmazog's, um, uh, seat of power before going, if you would have gone before, that just at least says, like, hey, we care, right? But it was still like even if you wouldn't have changed anything that would have like Aaron sided with her on that and that impacted how she felt about Aaron. Right. But it was the fact that even if it didn't make a difference, you still chose to put her on the back burner. That's and my it was secret. The fact that, uh,
1: <laughs> we don't care at all. <laughs> it was the fact that you guys eventually went to the elephant people and you saw like the aftermath and everything and then just no one really did anything. I was like, just like, give her some kind words, you know? Give her a hug, like, you guys just Um, kinda like shit on her and just like walked away and let her deal with it by herself. I think that's the thing no.
4: is like, at, at this point, it's like, she, at that point, it was like, I think we all collectively were like, this is a little bit on us. (laughs) And and if we try to come and be like, oh, there, there, sorry about everyone who saved your life. Like we just look horrible. Like it's like, she was kind enough to be like, I just need to process this alone. Instead of turning around and being like, you all know this is your fault, you know? Um, And kind of like giving us an earful. We were all just like, the only person that I think could have anything to say, which I'm glad he did was Aaron, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Aaron cared. The rest of us were like tunnel vision. Yeah.
1: As an, as an audience member, I wanted to give Rinaldi a hug and I was upset that I couldn't (laughs) do that in your proxy. Absolutely.
0: I do think that uh, like the situation with Rinaldi and a couple of other situations, especially like in the most recent 10 or so episodes, have done a really good job of like painting our characters as human in a way that like, I feel like hasn't necessarily, doesn't happen off air really because if there's an opportunity off air for, you know, DM to say, Hey, maybe you guys should actually take this seriously. You know, chance is kind of like hands off because we're all telling a story here. Um, And like, we're not always in the right. And sometimes we don't find that out until much later. Um, So I, I really like am sad for Renale and the elephant people. And I'm really sad that she's gone. But I'm also like glad that like, we're getting to see like us mess up, I guess. And like right. be wrong and like be not evil, but like, you know, the There's consequences of our are real, yeah. right? Like, it's not like the world gets wiped every time we decide to make a decision and, like, you know, these scripted encounters happen the same way regardless. So I do like the fact that Chance, like, made it to where it hurt whenever we didn't, you know, do something we said we would do, even if it did suck in the moment. So And, and even if we argued with him afterwards. <laughs> and
2: I will say that as somewhat of a counter argument, Aaron did try to approach her and comfort her and she didn't want that and that's so oh, even right. after yeah, we right. fucked up like i don't <laughs> think she would have taken any like comfort at that point yeah true, right. true. Yeah. the damage should be done well
4: you you mentioned that she was your favorite is there someone else that is your new new favorite new and improved favorite um now that we've thrown her to the garbage can, because we don't care about Ronaldo. Stop.
1: <laughs> um, it is fun to see Alec R- back. R- R- who? Huh? Oh, good joke. Um, Alec. <laughs> it is fun to see Alec back. Alec. Um, I'm enjoying. Alec, uh, I'm enjoying some of these new city characters. Uh, I'm enjoying, I'm glad seeing Vero as a villain. I'm really liking that. And like the Akatsuki vibe they've got going on now with all different cloaks and <laughs> masks. Mm. One of them has finally been revealed to us, but we don't know who the other who others are. So right. I'm enjoying the villains Super a lot cool. this season. So Is Alec like a villain?
0: Not, kind of. not necessarily, not really. but
1: at this point, I feel like I don't know who he's going to side with in the end. Like, obviously, I want it to be, like, the party and Calary and everything and Arkel, but at the same time, I could easily see him just sticking with his, like, morals that he's, like, come to thus far and kind of doing right. whatever he thinks is right, obviously, but, you know, who knows how that all. He's kind
0: of an anti... He's kind of an anti-hero. Yeah. yeah he's... I, I love what Chance is doing with Alec, even if it, like, hurts to, like, hear him. Also, by the way... I listened to to Silver version disc one today and just let me say that like Chance and Zach when you guys start RPing and you get going (laughs) There is just something that happens man Like I'm like (laughs) the two of you have some kind of magic and like That whole like 45 minute like conversation between Urkel and Alec was like so good And it was so sad you know And I was like did they fucking script this whole shit like bro like (laughs) It was so good. Like, it, it was really, 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 I wouldn't say refreshing, because it was really upsetting. Right. but it It's was not like, very
4: fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely, like, got lost in the RP, because, like, you didn't break, like, the entire time, mm-hmm. which was so impressive. So, kudos to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, dude. Yeah.
1: Okay, so me and Ronnie have talked about this in the past and everything, and I wanted to bring it to you guys, and Zach, I gave you a little heads up earlier today, just because I know you're the least I'm ready. anime-fluent <laughs> Um, of everyone here. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about Isekai today and uh, Jackson, Silas, Chance, you all know Isekai and everything. Uh, major ones for the audience, Sword Art Online, uh, Reincarnate's Slime, ReZero, Inuyasha. Um, typical main character goes to a different world um, kind of story. So I wanted to get your thoughts and perspective on D&D as kind of a real life Isekai, you know in a way you the main character are going to a different world getting new powers new abilities from that world and everything and trying to um fit in adjust live your life and go on whatever adventures may come your way so i just wanted to get you guys like kind of perspectives on that how you think it like is it a good comparison is it more like is it a good version of an isekai like I'm thinking, like, you think of, like, good isekai, bad isekai. Like, Sword art Online's good to a certain point, but on a Donilon is, like, a bad iteration of an isekai and whatnot. But then you have, like, good ones like ReZero and other other things that are held very high in the anime community and everything. Code Lyoko. Code Lyoko, exactly. <laughs> Code Lyoko <laughs> is technically, technically yes, an isekai, yes. <laughs> technically, technically,
0: technically. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Because they, they, they go and they come back every episode. It's not like That's they're right. living in the other world. I mean, so.
1: you could say the same about Sword Art, though.
0: I mean, they're locked in there for like. Yeah, but they years, come back so. and in
1: different iterations of the, the show, it's true. they go back and forth. Just Zach,
3: Zach, it's kind of like yeah. Spy Kids 3D. Uh, yeah, yeah.
4: Wait, is Spy I Kids like 3D this. just a Nisuke? <laughs> I've gone through the whole show. There's only two seasons, right? First, there's more. Is it way more? there's, no, there's more. There's oh, more. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, you, no. didn't, you didn't go through <laughs>
5: Alice's far <laughs> <more>. <laughs> Wait, wait, no, which yeah, is yeah, kind no, of its whole own separate thing. It is. Season one, good.
0: I mean, if anything, the first season of Sword Art and Elicitization are the only two, like, true isekai. And I'm going to make that argument. Yeah, but that's fine. Regardless. regardless. To, D-
1: D- to D- get is to an your isekai. topic. Go, go ahead,
0: Ronnie. <laughs> I want to so, get your thoughts. Uh, I'll try to keep it short since we're already out of time. But I just wanted to, like, call to the obvious connections between the two of them first. Um, and so I think, like, D&D, you know, is heavily rooted in fantasy, um, like traditional fantasy and isekai kind of is too right you've got like often a leveling system you've got like an ability sheet you know as you level you get stronger not only you know by like just getting more spells but you also become physically more adept and stuff like that and all that happens in isekai too so like that's an obvious connection between the two um and kind of that the main character vibe that comes with a lot of isekai that a lot of people don't like um is kind of the same way too because like you you get this sense that The heroes don't really lose in most campaigns right like there's plot armor to an extent the dm can fudge the numbers if he thinks that he's being unfair um where like maybe re-zero the dm doesn't fudge the numbers dude just gets fucking wailed on every episode right um yeah but i do think that there are some differences between them that i think could be like part of the comparison but um would take some work like In an Isekai, an an individual is transported to another world and they typically keep their personhood, right? Like uh, Subaru goes from Japan to the other world and he's still in his tracksuit. He's still himself, right? Um, Whereas like in shows like Log Horizon, the main character is ported into a different world, but he's his avatar. So like he's not, he doesn't look the same. Um, He's a different character. And I think that is more um, related to kind of what D&D is, right? It's because we're not playing ourselves in a different world we're playing characters in a different world but we keep our own thought processes even if we do try to channel them through a character so i do think that's an interesting take on it though right it's like yeah but clary is not me but i'm acting for clary and clary she shares a brain with me yeah it's more similar
1: like overlord or something where the main character's in the game and he's playing his character in the game while still retaining his own like his own mental and psyche and everything But he still has to act as this grand like character in the game and everything, and act like this to all the NPCs around him because that's who he's playing as. Even though that has to become his life now.
5: Is is there a a, uh, Assassin's Creed the anime? Because really, that is kind of (laughs) what we're describing here, (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, in a weird way. Similar, yeah. Um, Yeah, I put that connection there. Now, I, I I think I agree with what Ronnie says for the most part um that'll make sense The like the big thing i was thinking of too is just they always they always incorporate like uh, they make this uh, other world like a video game there's always some sort of like whether it is it is like an Aaron level of uh, oh i'm level five and then like the person's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, You just don't get it. <laughs> and like, like like everyone's just has this weird awareness of it and just like that's the vernacular they use. Uh, or it, sometimes it's just like the main character uh will have like a weird like in you mentioned like slime, like they ha- has a weird like heads-up display, uh Siri kind of voice thing going on and is the only one who who is aware that this world like operates. In this system um and uh, they all I, I think the reason why they do that and i mean it's kind of like the same way or the same reason why why dnd uses the leveling system is is it's a way to it's a really like quick and easy way to give structure to a world that makes it really tangible like when you just think about entering into a fantasy world, like completely. I mean, look at like the best fantasy books are the really long ones that are constantly stopping and describing things, and you can't really do like. You can't I mean, imagine if if every other episode was just Chance talking for an hour, about the setting. <laughs> uh, or if um, uh, or yeah, if you're like watching a show and all of a sudden everything stops and they do. My least favorite thing in anime is when they like is when they stop and a character like basically looks at the screen and says oh you mean in this world where this is the reality and everyone wants (laughs) to achieve this thing and they want to be this and this is what's going on and oh look it's a blah 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 you know like they just like stop and explain everything very plainly and it's just i like it completely for me it completely just sucks you out of what you're watching um, you're like, oh, yeah, like people are writing this and they were just too lazy to explain this through story devices and they just had to have a character tell me how the world works. Um, and uh, like, I, I think that, you know, they do like the whole, they, they add all of that structure because it's a really fast and easy way to to give you something to latch on to in a world that is, you know, almost entirely unfamiliar. Um, which I think is, yeah, which I would say probably the reason why like both of those things work like that. Um, uh, it makes it more fun. Um, it also adds like struggle in like a really like also a really tangible way. Like there's like clearly something to be working towards, uh, which is, I guess also like a, another big similarity between the two uh, is is like there's a very plain uh, goal in most isekai that are that's about power uh and kind i mean you know there there's uh the, the there are nobler like plot points in in dnd but kind of where you're playing it is like yeah i want this character that's gonna get really strong and gonna beat up all bad guys um uh, and and that's kind of like those those two those the the reward system like you know like the mental reward like the, that that like reward feedback loop uh, in isekai is kind of like the same in d d like it's like you get you you beat them you get stronger then you do the same thing again and now it's easier and that feels good and like they're like those one one you're doing it and one you're watching someone else do it that you're rooting for
4: I think my favorite thing about those kinds of systems is like um, mm. in, in shows especially is like um, just the idea of um, I even kind of bring in like the ready player one vibe to it where like people don't really know who's on the other side of the avatar um and this is a little bit different unlike DD. i would say on count, like obviously you know who's sitting at your table um but like there's this there's this idea of like reputation and fame for like the stronger and richer characters and sometimes the strong rich like popular famous characters in these like games or like worlds tend to be like like very poor or very like lower class in like the real world i just think that's a very like interesting um twist that this can kind of have you know like you don't know like like somebody can drive so so much um like time and effort and their skill level you know in this other world doesn't necessarily reflect like their real life Um, and I don't even know if like what the point I'm making is like anything other than like that's just what interests me about (laughs) that you know I think it's very interesting um and like, like H for example in Ready Player One you go the entire story believing that uh H is a dude and H is actually a girl um using like a voice changer um and uh I just think it it like shows this kind of other side and i guess the way you can kind of draw the connection is you know that freedom to explore different parts of you you know um Joni is a girl obviously being played by chance um and that is like that is one part of exploration that you get in kind of both settings uh,
1: which is super fun yeah i think that's a good comparison as to like how like the characters in like the shows and stories and then like dnd fills. it's like yeah these people or these characters or protagonists may have been like losers or normal people or average everyday citizens and like their normal lives right. but then once they go to this new world they have a chance to kind of completely reinvent themselves at times you know um as slime you know he's a salary man who's like single in his 30s or whatever st- stabbed and died but now he's got this chance to live as like a completely different person a monster who can like go and do experience different things and whatnot and i feel like that's a very appealing thing in D as well the, the ability to like be like we're all males but the ability to be like uh, a female or a monster or like a goblin or whatever you would want to be a demon right. a halfling whatnot you know being able to get that like i guess different experience that you would never get in real life i'm just
3: imagining right. walking into work the next day with the swagger of like I rolled a natural 20 on the boss, like, like, I'm just like the, the hottest shit ever. And you talk back to your boss or something, you know, <laughs> and, like that's, that's kind of what it is. And like, you know, in the isekai genre is like, like, like you are just like, you know, 20 something year old student, shy, whatever. You go on this crazy journey and you like kill God in this video game and you come right. back to normal life and you're like, fuck off with your paperwork i killed the guy you know what i'm saying like yeah but i'm just like imagining that being dnd like you just finish a campaign and you just quit your job or whatever but yeah like, right. in, like
1: in sword art like they they get out of aincrad and then kirito and austin have to go back to school and do like homework right. and take right. math tests, right. and English tests it's like i've spent the last two years of my life like literally fighting murdering you know doing whatever i could to survive and now i have to to. go back to, fucking counting numbers and like learning grammar and shit's like right yeah
2: <laughs> yeah um i definitely think that well and we talked about it early on i there's definitely not the trapped feeling and i know that we said that that's not necessarily required like trapped in the world but i do think that that's like a frequent idea that shows up in isekai which does make it interesting because in a lot of ways you're playing against the game um which you are in D&D, but there's definitely not the, the the trap feeling. I'd say one thing that is not in D&D that would be really interesting and maybe like a crazy campaign where like the characters that populate the world aren't represented by other people, right? Like there's not another person behind them. Like Smashing the Boys, each one of them would have to have a person behind them and it would almost be like there's this second like communication going on like oh yeah like you could talk to the person like talk about like what they do or something like that outside of the game which brings this awareness of the game so i mean that's not there but there's nothing stopping it from being there Mm -hmm. um and i do think one interesting part that does show up in like isekai that I kind of does have a one for one in real life with DD is that those characters that have a knowledge of the game are a little bit ahead right mm-hmm. like by knowing the rules or knowing what this monster is weak to or something like that just having knowledge of the game does directly one-to-one make your character low-key better at the game because <laughs> it's not like I'm going to ignore the fact that I know werewolves are weak to silver and if I have two swords, of course I'm going to use the silver one. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Like, I'm not going to ignore simple player knowledge like that, but that's also the stuff that shows up in Isekai just knowing the weak spots of some monster or whatever. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, forums or something. Beater. 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 Yeah.
1: beater. <laughs> I've also been thinking of like uh, Konosuba, where it's like the most like run down like, party who really can't ever achieve anything without like someone dying and they're like a priest having to use Resurrect on them. It's just like loss after loss after loss and sometimes they win. But then it's like how you said like uh, the party like normally they go do a quest you know and they like find money and loot and gain experience and stuff that way. But in, like, the first, like, two episodes of Konosuba, there's, like, a montage of, like, a month of the two main characters in this, like, new world, like, just working. It's, like, they're not strong enough to do anything else besides, like, do manual labor in town and stuff and work to earn their gold until they eventually, like, major and, like, pile up enough experience, like, get, like, one level up to be able to get, like, one skill or a new, like, weapon or something to go and actually do, like, a slime kill quest or whatever, you know?
3: I believe in, in D&D first edition, you actually started at level zero, or maybe it wasn't first, maybe it was advanced D&D or whatever, but I, I feel like, or maybe it was just homebrew rules I heard, but I feel like you could start at level zero and you literally were just like a 1D4 hit dice and you had to like work <laughs> your way up to get your first set of adventuring gear to go out and... Which I've always, I've always loved starting the lowest point you can, you know.
0: <laughs> that I really like that, too, because it, like, kind of shows the mortality of the world of, like, adventuring that you don't really get with, um, like, traditional D&D, right? It's, like, in a lot of these, like, you see, especially, like, Goblin Slayer, for example, adventurers die all the time and in droves. And the ones that make it are, like, the cream of the crop that rise to the top, right? Like, 10% of adventurers make it to max level maybe less and the rest of them either die at like a low level or most of them just die before they even like get their first like or second quest right so i think it'd be really cool to play level zero characters and then like have like a couple of them die early on and have to re-roll and and that way like you're not necessarily as attached to the character but um one thing that i was going to add um was i think that like there's also a really good parallel between isekai like watching an isekai and also like listening or watching a DD session mm-hmm. too. And because I think one of the unifying parts of Isekai is the character's inner in monologue, which that is like every anime. <laughs> every anime <laughs> the character has an inner monologue. And it typically has some massive reverb on it. And it's really funny. But um for Isekai, like it's always the perspective of somebody who is looking at a new world. And that's something that like the viewer can really attach onto, right? Like you hear the person, even if like they look like a different individual, like you hear their like old self talking saying like, oh, like they're doing some crazy wacko shit in this world or, oh, like this is way different than my salary job, you know, where I worked 80 hours a week. And so I think when like you watch a d and session or you listen to a DD session, you kind of get the same thing because like you are technically, you know, within the theater of the mind watching our characters do these things, but then you also have our commentary on the side where you, you can hear us say, oh uh, is probably thinking this but me as a player like this is kind of wacko they're doing some wacko shit in this world right mm-hmm. like you, we, we say things like that and I think that that is probably like one of the more um, like higher level fourth wall um, parallels between like watching DD and watching an Isekai I think that that is like what kind of makes them easier ways to get into fantasy because not only do you get to experience the fantasy world you get the narration of somebody who is also experiencing that fantasy world and you can have you know that empathy and you can latch onto them in that way and it makes the story a little bit more digestible I think for sure for sure
1: well that was all I had I appreciate the comments those are very good comments good job guys <laughs> thanks thanks thanks. For, thanks for appearing on this episode of Rotaku <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate thanks it right for up. having us
3: <laughs> uh and our last qu- our last question for Joe uh what's your oh. love life like <laughs> got, got anyone special out there? Do you want to uh, like name drop or? Didn't I already do that? <laughs> oh shit. Yeah.